listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 134 big show for you this week we have thunderstorms in lake geneva rattling all heel wrestling lots of title changes there and more and this week is one of the hugest weeks in professional wrestling in the chicagoland area we have aews all out we have a bunch of other independent events as well and to talk about some of the chaos this week, our special guest, we welcome on the show for the very first time. He's been a podcaster, a radio host, a Wizard World panel host, and he's currently the executive producer and on-air talent at Rock 100.5 in Atlanta, Mo Lightning. We'll talk about AEW, All Out, the state of WWE, and much more. I'm going to get it all started right after this, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx. Dot com, or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Back on Windy City Slam podcast, huge week in professional wrestling on the national scene. First things first, Saturday, September the 3rd, WWE presents Clash at the Castle at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. Noon Central Time start on Peacock and WWE Network. Main event is your undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns defends against Drew McIntyre. Should be one of Roman's biggest challengers to date in his near two-year domination of the WWE brand. Should be an interesting one to watch. And the specter of Karrion Cross won't be far away in this match. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Liv Morgan defending against the submission magician Shayna Baszler. Six-woman tag match, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka take on Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. And then we finally get the long-awaited match between Riddle and Seth freaking Rollins. 
and the WWE Intercontinental Championship is on the line as Gunther, with Ludwig Kaiser in his corner, takes on Sheamus with the Brawling Brutes at his side. Should be a fun event. And that's not all WWE is doing this weekend. There's also NXT Worlds Collide on Sunday, September the 4th. That will be in Orlando's Capital Wrestling Center at the WWE PC. In the afternoon, it's a matinee show, so it'll be out of the way before AEW's All Out is scheduled to begin. Among the featured matches, your NXT Championship unification between Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate, and the three-way women's unification match, Mandy Rose against Mako Satomura and Blair Davenport, formerly known as B. Priestley. AEW's huge week coming to Chicago starting Wednesday night, August the 31st, AEW Dynamite at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates. They'll also be there Friday night, September the 2nd for AEW Rampage. And also Sunday, September the 4th, all out at Now Arena and Hoffman Estates, live on pay-per-view, featuring the tournament final for the inaugural AEW World Trios Championship. That's still be determined as the tournament is ongoing on TV. We have a six-man tag, one of the feature matches that I'm looking forward to. We have Wardlow and FTR taking on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. That could be a show stealer right there. Then we have the four-way match for the interim AEW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida. And then we have a casino ladder match with the participants still be determined. Another great match on the docket, Brian Danielson against Chris Jericho. AEW World Tag Team Championships, Swerve on Our Glory takes on the acclaimed. We'll also see a grudge match with Jungle Boy against Christian Gage. Ricky Starks against Powerhouse Hobbs. And for the TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defends against Athena. And we haven't had an official match announcement yet for the AEW World Championship. And John Moxley winning the unification match over CM Punk this past week in Cleveland in about three minutes. A lot going on with CM Punk there. Interesting to see, is he really hurt? Are they going to come back with a rematch right away? CM Punk in his hometown not being at all out seems kind of strange as well. And if... Moxley doesn't face Punk. Who will he face? We'll talk a little bit more about that with our guest, Mo Lightning, in just a few minutes. Turning to the local scene, this past Saturday, August the 27th, Black Label Pro presented Total Eclipse of the Heart with special guest WWE Hall of Famer, the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. The matches were as follows for the Progress Championship, Big Demo retains over Kevin Koo. Marco Stunt returns the Black Label Pro, and he took out Cole Radrick. Eric Stevens also returns to Black Label. He defeats Isaiah Broner. And in one hell of a match, Trisha Dora defeats Warhorse. Kevin Blackwood beat Adam Priest. For the Black Label Pro Championship, Calvin Tankman retained the title, defeating the beefy Crash Jackson. And in tag team action, Miracle Generation of Dustin Waller and Kylan King defeat the Bang Bros of Davey Bang and August Matthews. 
And then the main event was the BLP Rumble. Billy Starks gets the victory. She last eliminated Levi Everett after a pair of low blows. So Bad Billy in Black Label Pro continues to win and continues to ascend the ladder. Also, a couple other cool things in the Rumble. We had Jake Something and one-man Dynasty Darius Latrell face off. That was a cool deal. And Trevor Outlaw actually came out to filthy Tom Waller's music and was quickly tossed out of the match, even though I don't think he was an official participant because they're only supposed to be 30 and he would have been 31. And Trevor stated on Twitter that it wasn't his official return. It's not Trev Tember yet. I mean, you got a few more days. So I guess we'll just believe Trevor on this one that that wasn't him and it was just some alter ego of his. This past Sunday, August the 28th, yours truly was at All Heel Wrestling and Wicked Effin' Wrestling's crossover show, AHW4 at Foley's Bar in Lake Geneva. And this show had it all from the weather to the in-ring action. It was insane. We had sunshine at the start, and then we had cloud cover, and then we had a torrential rainfall and thunderstorms, which even canceled the main event of the show. We're going to get into it right now. The WFNW Scrub Championship Greasy D pins Trog the Caveman. AHW Midwestern Championship number one contenders match. CJ Cole, the Apex athlete, pins Armando Alvarez in a really fun bout. And then the All Heel Tag Team Championship, Ghetto Gear Salad, Rough Rider Rashawn and Cass Carter defeat Paulie Tomaselli and Jay Cross to win those titles. And then a new AHW Women's Champion coming out of the Fatal 4-Way, Leslie La Munica defeats Raven Radix, Kenzie James, and Celine Gray to win the championship when Leslie pins Celine Gray. All-Heel Midwestern Championship, Cody James makes it official, no longer the interim champion, although I'm sure AHW Brass are still debating that. Cody pins attorney Eric Schultz, AHW's legal counsel, after Nate Peppel of Northland Pro was ringside. He hit Schultz with Schultz's own briefcase, leading to Cody hitting his finish and getting the pin on Schultz. The AHW Change of Fortune Championship, and this was a shocker because it was originally a one-on-one match between Jax Johnson and Perfection, but Kenzie James, who is just in that women's match, comes out, wants to be in the match, gets inserted into the match, and Kenzie James is now your new holder of the AHW Change of Fortune Championship as she beats Jax Johnson and Perfection. Unfortunately, Kenzie James did not leave the venue with the title because former champion vape god Fletch Malone attacked Kenzie James afterward. And he was initially under a luchador mask. And after he started beating up Kenzie James in the ring, he then revealed himself as the vape god himself, took the title, bailed out, flipped off everybody, including AHW Brass, and walked away with the purple belt, which he calls Persephone. WFNW World and AHW Hybrid Championship match 
the winner takes all. It was originally supposed to be a three-way match, ended up just being one-on-one. Percy Drews, who entered as the hybrid champion, and Mo Foley, who entered as the WFNW champion. And Percy Drews takes the victory after slamming Foley through a door and getting the three count. Now, just a few minutes before that, you wouldn't even think Percy Drews had a chance to do anything. When Mo Foley jumps off the top of a camper, putting Drews through a door which was straddled by two chairs, breaking through the door, and it appeared that Mo Foley dislocated his shoulder while doing that dive. So perhaps that gave Percy a little bit of time to recover. Percy ends up winning the match, and he takes home all the gold. And then in what was the de facto main event, since this was the final match of the show before the rains really came down, and actually half of this match, it was raining pretty hard as well. The thunder and lightning was going off in the background. And Mateo Valentine is your new all-heel wrestling world champion. He pins Gunner Wicks, but not without a bunch of controversy. Cody James and Nate Peppel came out to the ring, interfered in the match. Cody puts Gunner down with his finisher, and they kind of toss Mateo on top of Gunner Wicks. The referee makes the three count, and Mateo Valentine, in a pouring rainstorm, becomes your new champion. And it appears that both Nate and Cody tr- are trying to get Mateo Valentine onto their side with the Northland Pro faction. Cody's also the Northland Pro champion. And it appeared that Mateo wasn't having it. He, he, he looked confused. He didn't know what was going on around him. He's very happy to be the champion for sure. It's a great accomplishment for a young wrestler, but shrouded in controversy. So we'll see what happens at AHW5 in November. And the career versus career main event match between Pitstain and Mouth of the Midwest JP was canceled because of the deluge and the thunderstorm. And that will take place at AHW5 on November 20th in North Chicago. Lots of stuff coming up this week. Thursday night, September the 1st, it'll be a war in Logan Square. AAW Pro will have Destination Chicago at Logan Square Auditorium. And Freelance Wrestling is going to have We're Gonna Plex them at the Emporium Arcade Bar just down the street in Logan Square. So the Battle of Milwaukee Avenue to between two loyal fan bases going at it that night. Also, the final edition of Ego Pro Wrestling for the summer following Windy City Thunderbolts Baseball at Ozinga Field in Crestwood on Thursday night as well. Friday night, September the 2nd, Black Wrestlers Matter presents a special show called Blackout at the Logan Square Auditorium. Chicago's own John West is running that event. We also have the Second City Summit all weekend long at the Grand Sports Arena in Hoffman Estates. Friday night, GCW and Black Label Pro team up for Four Cups Stuffed. And then GCW presents a doubleheader on Saturday with a matinee show and then a night show. And then also Sunday, September the 4th, the last event of the Second City Summit, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Also this weekend, Saturday, September the 3rd, 
the Wrestling Showcase at the Hyatt Regency, Schaumburg, Chicago. I am very excited to announce that I will be covering this event live. Very pumped up for this. An eight-man tournament to crown a winner. Jacob Fatu, Johnny Showcase, formerly known as John Morrison, Josh Alexander, Moose, Steve Macklin, Rich Swan, WWE legend Tatanka, and the eighth competitor will be either Matt Cardona or Brian Myers, depending on how far along Cardona is with his injury recovery. And also on that show, we have MLW Women's Featherweight Champion, Taya Valkyrie, defending in a triple threat match against Diana Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. Also in a Future Star Showcase match, Milwaukee's own Cal Hero taking on Luke Curtis. Real quick prediction for the Wrestling Showcase Tournament. There are brackets out there online. I think Jacob Fatu and Johnny Showcase will be your championship match. And I'm going to give the slight lean to Johnny Showcase to win it all. I really like what he brings to the table. Great veteran of the game. And that's going to be one hell of a match if that materializes as your final. But I can see pretty much any of those guys winning this tournament because it's so stacked with talent. Also Saturday night, September the 3rd, Pow Entertainment presents Road to Russell Rage, and they're back up in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin at Rumpoles. And one more event of note, Sunday, September the 4th, Pro Wrestling Tees presents the All Outside Party at Hideaway Brew Garden, and that's right across the street from Now Arena from 1 p.m. to 5, leading up to All Out that night at the Now Arena. Lots of fun and activities there. AEW wrestlers in attendance. Dave LaGreca from Busted Open will also be there as well. All right, coming up in just a couple of moments, former Wizard World panel host, radio talent, podcaster, and so much more, Mo Lightning. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, and we welcome on the show for the very first time, he's been a podcaster, a radio host, including stops in Rockford and Springfield, Wizard World panel host, and he's currently the executive producer for Excellent Southside and an on-air talent for Walk 100.5 in Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen, Mo Lightning. Thank you. Thank you. I'm... I'm used to giving the intros. I'm not used to getting one. It's it's a surreal feeling. I'm very humbled right now. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and I'm very humbled to have you on, sir, as I've known you for quite a few years going back to your Wizard World days and being a huge wrestling fan as well. And we connected on Facebook after that. And yep. one of the experiences I had with you at Wizard World, and there's this really cool picture. It's on our Facebooks. It's me, you, 
Rob and Katie Schamberger were doing the whole four horsemen thing. Yep. It's yep. really, really cool. I, I remember that. I remember that uh, Rob was still, uh, you know, the WWE artist, the painter was still relatively new to, uh, in this case, the Comic Con, the Wizard World scene. And uh, we were all walking around. I know you, I, I knew I could always count on you being at the, the different wrestling panels because, uh, of course, Chicago always got some of the best wrestlers there. Uh, so like that was just one of the spur of the moments. Hey, can I get a picture? And we all just started posing because we're all nerds like that. Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Definitely a great memory of Wizard World. And all that stuff just started coming up, too, because Wizard World Chicago is always mid to late August. And yeah. all my my Facebook timeline was just flooded with all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of memories around this time. That's for sure. Mm hmm. All right. Your wrestling background, you, you've been a podcaster since 2005. Now that's long before most people even knew what a podcast was like, maybe just you and Colt Cabana are doing them back. Then. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and definitely the technology's changed over time. I'll tell you that. I think my original setup, uh, I had a bootleg version of what was called cool edit back then now Adobe audition, which is kind of an audio editing standard. And I had like a long, like necked mic not like the bob barker one but just like a desk one and i would have to like point it towards my speakers because i didn't have an audio board i was too broke so i had to uh, point it towards my computer speakers and somehow i didn't get feedback but i had to talk like diagonal so the microphone could hear me but it could get the my comments or my co-host com it was not a good setup but somehow we made it work pretty cool uh now you've had a long-running show that just came to an end recently called Table Talk with mm -hmm. Devon Dudley, among others. And then also you had the low blow with your co-host Balls, who has also been at Wizard World. So a little bit of the experience with Table Talk. Why don't you just go ahead and share that with us? So that was one of those things. Like, so Wrestling Audio was the website that that housed all of these different podcasts for, for so many years. And dare I say, wrestling went through a little bit of a lull. Uh, over the last couple of years before AEW was created and before Triple H took back over, you know, so, and I've been doing a podcast literally at least once a week, every week since 2005, I was starting to get a little burnt out uh, running the socials and thinking of the topics to talk about. It got to be a little much on top of the job I was working relationships. Um, so we were actually about to tap out. We were about to be done with the site. And then I had a mutual friend through Comic-Con reach out and say, hey, I know somebody that would like to start a podcast. Uh, I'm going to introduce you. And that somebody was Devon Dudley. And I had never met Devon before. So we connected via Twitter and we started talking. And from the get-go, there was a miscommunication because uh, the, the mutual friend, Rachel, she thought he wanted to do a weekly podcast. So that's what I thought but he only wanted to make a one-off guest appearance. That's it. Just a one-off guest appearance. Uh, but I somehow convinced him to start doing the show. And we started it as an audio show uh, before zoom and Streamyard and all of these really picked up thanks to the pandemic. Um, and, you know, after a couple of weeks, he decided, Hey, let's turn this into a video thing. We brought in a third host, Lindsay. And uh, thanks to his background, uh, you know, working in the background of WWE as a producer, for a good while there, just every single week, we'd get these home run guests, Drew McIntyre, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, and and really got to know a lot of the stars. And that was uh, that's definitely going to be a part of my life that I, I cherish forever. 
Yeah, great to have that connection, have those great big stars. And there was actually one guest that we both had in common. That's Aiden English slash Drama King Matt Raywall. So yep. Yep. Aiden, cool... uh, Aiden, one of our Matt, one of our last guests that we had before, uh, you know, Devon went through some health issues. He's back to work full time. I'm sure a lot of people realize the WWE kind of had that whole third party issue with can they be on Twitch? Can they not be on Twitch? And even though Devon's not a talent, that we always walked that line of is it if, is it ever going to be pulled out from underneath us or not? Um, and so we decided to kind of, as he was going back to work, my schedule changed thanks to moving to Atlanta. Uh, we decided it was time to call it quits, but I'm so glad we got Matt on before uh, before we called it quits because dude is so great. And I know he's taking a little bit of a breather from stuff right now, but I hope he comes back sooner than later. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a Chicago guy, which is why we were able to get him on Windy City Slam. And he's a cool dude. And he's doing great a great job announcing with Impact right now. As yes, well. yes. Guy's got a brilliant mind. He really does. Now, let's talk a little bit about your radio experience. You, you, you've been in Illinois for a while before you moved out to Atlanta. Rockford and Springfield were among the stops in Illinois. So how did you end up in Illinois? Uh, do I thought this was a short podcast. Okay, uh, I got a long story. So, no, I'm born <laughs> and raised in Ohio. And that's actually where I started my radio career was in Cleveland. Uh, but I was new. I wasn't, I wasn't patient enough. Uh, to try to work my way up there. So I kind of bounced around, uh, ended up having a stint in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Warsaw, Indiana. Took a break to work for Comic-Con for a couple of years in, in, uh, in L.A. But when I left Comic-Con, when that, you know, that era of my life ended, uh, I didn't know what to do. I like entertaining. Radio, I was kind of frustrated with because some of the ideas can be a little dare I say behind the times and I didn't know if I wanted to but I knew there was a job posting in Springfield Illinois and the boss was somebody I'd worked with prior so I'm like hey I'll give it a shot I don't expect much um ended up getting the job obviously uh got a little bit closer to my parents and family back home uh and then from there they were part of a family of stations so we had a couple locally but then there was further stations across the state so uh you also got to hear me on rockford radio for a little bit there and uh eventually i had enough of the management there so it was time to go they had enough of me i had enough of them and uh thankfully you know when one door closes another opens up uh you know to, to use that expression and it worked out so uh, very shortly after i left qlz in illinois uh or I left those stations but was still living in illinois uh, that's when uh, top 10 market came calling. And when a big city comes calling, you answer. And now in Atlanta, you've been there for what, a little less than a year with Axel and Southside? Yes, yes. I've been there for about 10 months, originally brought in to help with the morning show. Uh, and then management had the idea, and even like on the corporate management level, they're noticing that music in the afternoons is what we call a wall of music, just song after song is fine but nobody really grabs ratings that way. So we get to be the guinea pigs in the rock format of being a morning show in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I'm still doing the same thing I was doing in mornings. I just don't have to be up at 3.30 anymore. 
that's a plus for sure. As I'm oh, like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, let's go back to your Wizard World days a little bit and sure. being an MC and a panel host and all that fun stuff there. Now, who is your favorite celebrity to work with at Wizard World? I get that question a lot. Uh, I still, after all these years, don't have a definitive one answer because um, there are so many cool people. If I had to pick one that I cherish most, it would probably be Stanley. Uh, and Stan, near the end of his life, the last couple of years, Stan had a lot of issues hearing people. And the only people he could understand were deep-voiced individuals. Uh, and the guy who had been his uh, host, a guy named Jarrett Crippen, the diffuser from Who Wants to Be a Superhero, if anybody remembers that reality show from way back when, uh, Jarrett was leaving for whatever reason. And so I was next in line with the deep voice. I wasn't even asked. I was told I'm moderating Stan Lee. Oh, darn, that, that broke my heart. Um, and then from there, Stan and I actually legit became friends. And, uh, you know, he, one time he brought me cookies uh before the panel and working with stan was great um in the wrestling world uh i enjoyed working with cm punk you know chicago favorite there yep. uh loved working with him i got to work with Paige a lot soraya now yeah uh, i worked with Paige a lot in some of her very first appearances and i probably worked with her the most out of everybody um and to see her grow and mature uh drop a little less f-bombs on stage was something else um, and then if I, if I'm allowed one more Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, cool. Yes. Gus from breaking bad. Uh, you know, he's obviously from the Mandalorian, wow. all of these projects. Uh, he and I, uh, he and I became close over the years and, uh, just texted him the other day, congratulating him on another great run with better call. Saul. yeah, it's, uh, you can't go too far or too long without seeing Giancarlo on some sort of program or project. Now I think I think uh, MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe is next. I don't know if it's going to be Professor X or not, but I think he's going to be a part of the MCU sooner than later. That would be really cool. Looking forward to hopefully seeing him in the MCU very soon. All right, let's switch to one more thing before we get to more wrestling talk. Sure. The name Mo Lightning. Now, what's the origin? It kind of sounds like an energy drink. <laughs> uh, drink it up. Um, so Mo's been a lifelong nickname. It's a part of my last name of Mozina. And so my dad being a, a teacher was Mr. Mo. My older brother was Mo. My little brother's Mo. Like we're just a family of Mo. So that's how people know me. So when it came time to be on the air, I wasn't allowed to pick just one name. And I'll, 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 uh, I'll summarize the story a little bit quicker than usual. When I went to broadcast school in Cleveland, Ohio, they also had internet radio stations attached, like in the same building, because a lot of radio jobs want three years minimum experience for entry level jobs. But how the hell do you get the on air experience yeah. if you don't have the? It's like it's this is a way to do it. So people, the students would get like two hour shifts a week just to at least start doing something. And uh, I was hired as a graphics assistant for the school. So I'm going to the school for broadcasting, but I had an art background and they needed somebody to help with web graphics. So me and the webmaster worked in our own little fish bowls, we called it, in the back of the school side, not on the radio side, but on the school side. Uh, and so we would see students and faculty, people walk by all the time. 
and we didn't know any of their names. He was horrible with names. I'm horrible with names. So we give everybody nicknames. And, uh, and they weren't always flattering. Like uh, one of them was like the boss's mistress worked. So we called her the ice queen. Uh, and, and there were some, like, there's some were that were complimentary, some were not. But you never told that person their nickname to their face. One day I came in early and the webmaster said, oh, good. He thought I was somebody else. He's like, oh, good. You're here before lightning showed up. And I'm like, ha, I know my name. My name is lightning. And then I'm like, why is it lightning? And he pointed out that a graphic, a web graphic, a, you know, just a logo that would take him four hours to do took me 10 minutes. So to him, I was lightning quick. So when it came time to go on the air, because the school and stations knew I didn't go to a broadcast school to continue doing art. I would have gone to an art school, you know. So it came time to be on the air. What do you what do you want your on air name to be? I'm like, I'll just be Mo. No, 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 no. You need a first and a last name. I'm like, everybody just calls me Mo. It's fine. No, no, no. Since you know your name now, why don't you be Lightning Mo? And I'm like, mm, that kind of sounds cheesy. I don't like Lightning Mo. And this was like 2001. So you got the Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies kind of gaining in popularity. He's like, oh, it's a superhero name. People will love it. And just in spite of this guy who not, we're still friends to the day. I'm like, why don't I be Mo Lightning? He goes, oh, that name sucks. That name will never stick. <laughs> so I did it out of spite. And here I am. Kind of like Brian Danielson and Daniel Bryan kind of switching it around a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It kind of worked out for him, too. Yeah, it, it, it rolls off the tongue. Mo Lightning. I like it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Heading into this coming weekend, the Chicago area is hosting all out AEW coming to town and the card's still kind of coming together. I mean, you got a couple of pretty good matches already announced. You have the aforementioned Brian Danielson against Chris Jericho. This six-man tag I'm really digging with Wardlow and FTR against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. And there's a couple of the matches that kind of got thrown together because Thunder Rosa is taking time off now. Injuries, so, yeah. Yep. Tony Storm and Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and, and Carl Sheeter are doing a four-way for the interim AEW Women's Championship. And at this point, is CM Punk going to be involved? It's his hometown, Chicago. I mean, he just basically got squashed by John Moxley. And now Moxley is the full-time, regular, undisputed AEW champion. So are we going to see a rematch? What are we going to see? I mean, what, what's your take on the, on the Punk situation right now and then all out in a, as a whole? Uh, all out. Well, they can't all be home runs. You mean all out and AEW for the most part has had a phenomenal track record of their events feeling big and, and being something special. I hate to say it, but eventually you're going to get that card that isn't as strong as it has been. And, and this is years in the making. So it's not like AEW is, you know, failing by any means, but this isn't going to feel like all out to me anyway. Um, especially we also had forbidden door not too long ago. Like you had these dream matches set up and now you have all out where a lot of people just they're thrown in. There's not the best storylines or like the CM Punk situation. What the hell is going on? Is it the backstage drama? Is it really his foot? Is there an injury? Is it a storyline? Uh, I think obviously they'd be foolish not to put CM Punk in Chicago. I do think he'll be obviously super cheered. I'm like, this guy is just huge over. 
so maybe they want to do that rematch where he is in that underdog spot, which is not a spot that CM Punk is very familiar with. Uh, but if he has this foot injury, real or not, he's got the crowd support, could be a little good story. Uh, I still think he comes up short, though, if he does get that rematch. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they go back to the Moxley Punk uh, door again, or maybe they throw Hangman Page in there and make it a three-way. Maybe, uh, which uh, I would be fine with that. Uh, again, wrestling-wise, storyline-wise, though, adding so many changes or not even knowing what your main event necessarily is going to be so close to the event, it worries me. Yeah, it's a little, uh, little disconcerting to be sh- for certain, yes. And there's a couple other matches on the show. I mean, I really like the Swerve in Our Glory team with Keith Lee and mm-hmm. Swerve Strickland. They're taking on the Acclaimed. That's going to be a fun match. And who would have mm-hmm. thought that would have been an AEW Tag Team Championship match <laughs> at a major pay-per-view, though? And Especially after of- the Acclaimed and the issues that they've had early on in their AEW careers, getting in a little bit of trouble on the mic. Uh, and then who would have thought that WWE was going to let Keith Lee go and then Swerve go? Uh, so yeah, that'll be a fun match. It's yeah, I'm, I'm invested in that one. If triple H were in charge a little sooner, I guarantee you both of the swerve of our glory guys would still be in WWE. You now. are correct, sir. Yeah. And, uh, also too, I mean, in, in a company that's got the young bucks, the Lucha bros, all the um, Santana and Ortiz, all, even though Santana's hurt right now, all these great teams, FTR. And yet mm-hmm. these are the two teams fighting for the tag team championship. I just find that funny. Uh, it is interesting uh but at the same time i do love that that aw is very good about getting fresh talent rotating mm-hmm. uh and that's a whole discussion in itself but i like that these guys are going to get that spotlight because all four of these talents deserve a spotlight now is there a match that has been announced so far that you think could be a potential show stealer on this show um obviously any of them could be uh jericho and daniel bryan I don't know. Like, do, do can you say they, they could steal the show because Jericho is a goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Bryan, obviously Brian Danielson has shown that he's one of the best of all time. It's like you would expect it from them, yeah. but comparatively to the style of the other matches we're going to get where there is going to be a lot more uh, flips and death defying moves and whatnot. I think these guys have a chance to stand out by not doing what everybody else is doing. So what's your take on AEW overall after about three years of them and being in business? Uh, I think AEW is finally starting to, to, to realize, I think they they're hitting a wall a little bit, you know, with the, the creative uh, was it Bischoff or somebody recently compared them to WCW where you have too many people trying to get their ideas in fighting for the same spotlight. And it's, it's rough. Like you could get a push, for three months and then we're not going to see you again for another three months or we're going to see you on AEW dark which nothing against dark but i think the wrestlers are striving to be on tv not on youtube so uh with that said i think the roster's too big and i hate saying it because it's a great roster but i think the roster's too big you got too many stars are going to start growing frustrated uh they're not being used right enough properly whatever um and really enough with the factions there's all these factions i can't keep track of the factions and who's jumping over and the heel turns uh it it, some one-on-one stuff with no interference would be great 
Very good points on those, Mo. I mean, yes, tons of factions, lots of outside interference, and there's never a disqualification in AEW, which is strange because there's all this outside interference. So, yeah, I mean, it's I get what they're doing. Obviously, their style of entering competition excites the audience, and they bring in a lot of WWE castaways, as mm. the internet loves to say, or they bring in legends because you need that name value. But I do think having so many factions and so many people jumping so often. It's hard for a casual audience to sit down one week, want to come back the next week, and start understanding. It takes a while to catch up to AEW. Now, let's switch over to their main competitor, their main competition, the world's largest wrestling company, WWE. And I did say wrestling because now it's actually more, a term is being used more often now in the company. Now, Vince McMahon has been set out to pasture, Triple H has taken over. And you've got all these great talents returning. Johnny Gargano, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Dexter Loomis, Hit Row, and maybe even Bray Wyatt and Bronson Reed in the coming weeks. And maybe even Sasha Banks and Naomi as well. So Hopefully. very exciting times in WWE. So what's your take on them right now? I actually mentioned this on the radio show not long ago, that this is the most excited I've been as a wrestling fan, WWE specifically, for, for years. Uh, and And... Let's preface by saying no matter what happens with Vince, the right, the wrong with everything that happened, without the mind, the creativity that he's had, we wouldn't have what we have today. Wrestling would not be like this. I probably wouldn't have a podcast. You probably wouldn't have a podcast, which that way. Um, so we need to thank Vince for that. With that said, I think his ideas were a little out of touch. And Triple H coming in has been a breath of fresh air. I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary by stating that, uh, but, but it's nice. And young stars, fresh talent, getting some push. Ricochet this past week on SmackDown got to be Ricochet again. I mean, it's great watching this. And if, there, if the rumors are true that there are some stars that are worried about their spot, some of the Vince McMahon guys, so to speak, good competition breeds better competition i mean it's like i think everybody's going to step up their game now promos are going to be better things are just going to be looser and, and i think that's the way to go and i don't have to tell you this is a great time to be a wrestling fan absolutely sure is and also coming up this weekend we have wwe clash the castle including the main event of roman reigns defending the wwe universal championship against drew mcintyre so what do you think about that match and about roman's run so far I like Roman's run. Uh, and I know some people are getting tired of it. It is odd. And I'll agree that it would be nice to have a champion on both shows. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think this unified championship quite worked out the way it was originally planned to with then Roman wanting less time. So I'm not opposed to Roman losing a belt. I don't want to see him lose both belts because mm -hmm. I want to see them build up to Roman and Bray again, maybe if Bray comes back or Roman and the rock would be, you know, perfect in this dream world. If the rock can clear up his schedule. Uh, but I don't want to see him drop both belts. If those matches are still planned. Uh, but it would be nice to actually have a champion on raw again as well. So, but Drew's a great pick. I think Drew does deserve to get some time in front of an audience as champion since he got to helm the pandemic era. Uh, and he did a great job, but, you know, we, we had all those screens behind us. It's yeah. nice to actually be able to cheer him in person. Yeah, the, the Thunderdome was a little, eh, 
but you know, you do what you had to do. I guess. It was a great idea for the time. It worked for the time. Let's never go back to it. Yeah. I hope that's never the case again. <laughs> and to go back on Roman Reigns for just a second, it took him seven years out of his nine in the main company to actually do the right thing with Roman, let him embrace being a heel. And now he's actually getting probably getting cheered more now than he ever was before, which is crazy to me. It's such a, such a solid character. I love the bloodline. Uh, I didn't think him and Heyman were going to work at first. Uh, like Heyman would be better used elsewhere, but I've been proved wrong and I'm okay with that. Uh, this, this is the badass character he's meant to be. Uh, I just, I just hope that when he finally does lose the belts or belt that they don't like dissolve this. And I don't think triple H or the creative team will, but that's my concern is once somebody you know, like a Goldberg undefeated streak. When somebody wins so long and they finally lose, WWE especially has a bad history of dropping the ball with that person afterwards. And now, finally, we don't want that ball dropped with Roman. Seven years we did, but not now. <laughs> and I even like the whole Sami Zayn part of it, too, mm -hmm. and his interplay with Jey Uso as well. It's kind of another layer to that story. And that's the way it should be. I like that they're kind of intersecting things and Sammy's still interacting with Kevin Owens briefly. It just, to me, that's the way it should be. And I know some fans like it simple, you know, a and B goes one direction, C and D, but I like when a B C and D all inner intersect with one another. And even though there might be a pay-per-view coming up, like drew and Roman, the great example would be carrying cross is as the outside factor that still has involvement, even though he's not involved. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. And I, and I hope we see more of that. Yeah. And Drew's name has been on carrying Cross's mouth for a while now. So will he interject himself at clash of the castle? That should be very interesting. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Any other WWE thoughts, maybe a guy that you think maybe you've been held down under the Vince regime, but <laughs> he's going to be really big now with triple H in charge. Uh, I mentioned him before. Ricochet is probably the first one that comes to mind. Uh, you know, I watched him as Ricochet is Prince Puma, uh, back in Lucha Underground. The guy is phenomenal and he knows how to get a crowd behind him. NXT showed that. And then the main roster, you know, when Heyman had the helm briefly, he liked Ricochet, but he didn't have the size that Vince seemingly liked. So, uh, you know, he was there. He was a mid card at best, just, a dare I say, like the road dog back in the Attitude Era. You could put him in the main event and you'd be like, okay, but you would never expect him to win that main event. Now with Triple H in the helm, Ricochet has a chance to get there. He's not main event guy yet, but I think he has a chance to get there. And I mean, hell, he's one of the few people that now kicked out of Baron Corbin's finisher. Uh, you know, Corbin went years without anybody uh, kicking out of what the deep six or whatever, but um, Ricochet is now the next on that list. and. Uh, I think he, I think he's got a huge opportunity in front of him. Okay. Now you're in Atlanta and it's known for being a great wrestling town as is Chicago where I'm at. Now, do you feel in the 10 months or so you've been down there that, you know, the, the fans down there really appreciate their history. Obviously they go back to the Omni and the NWA and stuff like that. Do you get that sense from people you talk to down in Atlanta? 
I will say from the get-go, because I had never been to a wrestling show in Atlanta prior to moving here, but since then I've seen AEW, I've seen WWE a few times. I've been trying to make it to NWA for one of their tapings, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, but the indie scene is strong here. Atlanta appreciates their wrestling. They really do. The first thing I noticed was how passionate they are and how loud they are for everybody. Like I grew up in Cleveland and I love Cleveland. I really do. But watching wrestling in Cleveland was always rough, especially in the attitude era, because unless it was the rock or stone cold or the undertaker, the crowd didn't care. It had to be something shocking or over the top for them to respond. You would, you could get a Val Venus versus Midian match. Not the most exciting on paper granted, but the crowd would be silent for it. Atlanta. I feel like is one of those towns that would hoot and holler and go crazy. And I would be the one like, Really? All of that for Val Venus and Midian? <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, all right, Mo, thank you for joining us. And before we let you go, I want you to go ahead and plug your social media and whatever gigs you might have coming up. Oh, I appreciate that. So I am at Mo Lightning, M-O Lightning, uh, all one word, all lowercase on anything that you can think of, except for TikTok. But I forget I have a TikTok, so don't worry about that. But everything else... Uh, and if you want to hear three guys making fun of each other and just laughing throughout the course of the afternoon, keeping things lighthearted, uh, you can stream the show. We're 100.5 on the dial here in Atlanta, but if not, allthingsrockatl.com or uh, the WNNX app. So uh, be listening every afternoon, 3 until 7 Eastern time, baby. All right, Mo Lightning, thank you very much for sharing your expertise and some of your great stories from over the years. No, thank you. I appreciate uh, being on your show. Keep up uh, keep up the good work. I love seeing you go out and about and, and really supporting the local stuff. That's outstanding, my friend. All right, thank you. Awesome conversation with Mo Lightning. He's a great guy. I've known him for about eight or nine years, dating back to all of his old Wizard World work. He's a big wrestling fan. He's a wrestling podcaster. And I hope everybody enjoyed the interview with Mo Lightning. And we hope to have him back on the show down the line. All right, next week. So much to get into there. We'll recap all out. Clash at the Castle some of the local events. Plus, we welcome for the very first time the owner of Rocket Pro Wrestling, Bill Shelley. And we'll talk about the Joliet-based company and preview their Fall Brawl show coming up on September the 10th, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.